You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopoly through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Imagine a rainforest critter dressed like a sari with a huge flowing beard, a storytelling wizard who could command the attention of anyone walking by at the campsite. Home rule in tropical North Queensland up by Cooktown. Surely, I thought as I passed them, this could be a candidate for the renegade economists particularly because I've always been intrigued of the Australian swagman culture and this man had those sentiments of living on the land, enjoying the commons and with that, a life of freedom. Well, here he is, Pirate Rick, a living legend up here in tropical North Queensland, travelling the coast between Byron and Cooktown. He was part of the 70s awakening at the Aquarius Festival in Nimbin, which led to the establishment of Tuntable Falls. Soon after, Pirate Rick, as a true frontiersman, travelled north with many others to enact a life as a custodian of our most precious resources, the oldest rainforest on the planet, Cedar Bay. You'll hear it mentioned, the raid on Cedar Bay. In Australian activist folklore, this was at the height of Joe Biocchi Peterson's reign of power, where soon after he was to outlaw public protests. Uh, All sorts of uh, pressure was applied on the activists there to fall into line and allow the development of a golf course and and, uh, a township in Cedar Bay. But they held true and defended the land for future generations to benefit. Let's get into it. Welcome, listeners, to The Renegade Economist, recording north of the Atherton Tablelands, right up near Cooktown. We're in Wadju land here. We're on a beautiful campsite called Home Rule, and I'm with Pirate Rick. Pirate, you've been one of the characters I've enjoyed talking to uh, over the last uh, four or five days we've been camped here. Rick, it seems like you've had a long connection with living off the land and being in harmony with that ability to to harvest and survive without a fixed address. Would that be correct? Ten years homeless now. First, I'd like to begin to thank our traditional elders, our carers, our spiritual guides. This is a powerful land, some of the oldest land on earth. And is a place of great healing. Yes, my brother, we were the spearheads that came many years ago to physically fight our way into this culture. Brought here with a strong word in our minds. Go north, young man. And you mentioned uh, that this this land here has been in operation for some 45 years, and that immediately rang a bell with me uh, from uh, the Tuntable Falls um, uh, interview I did recently with David Spain, where he was talking about their 45-year history as well, back in the early 70s there. So uh, uh, what is the connection between Tuntable and and home rule and, and what you just said? We need to care for this forest. We are the custodians of this forest now. You, the children of the world, you are the carers of each and everybody's breath. 
This land, this sacred land, is for everybody. And we shouldn't be locked out of our heritage. We love this land to the point where our grave is ready. And our traditional elders have blessed us with a big sleep. This is the most sacred land and we love it with all our hearts. There's been no choice but come here and help people preserve it. Our challenge in Cedar Bay was very difficult at the time. It was also a big, big mission for many, many people. We fought hard and long to get not guilty. We were the chosen ones to sacrifice our lives to come to this ancient jungle and learn to breathe. You're only as good as your next breath. How old is this beautiful ancient forest where we're surrounded by here? Uh, you're going to hear some of the field recordings I've picked up whilst we've been here on today's show. Uh, absolutely stunning. The number of different insects we've seen, uh, you know, it must be about 30-odd we've seen in four days. All of uh, them in beautiful uh, ultraviolet colorations. Uh, it really is... Uh, yeah, it's breathtaking being up in such beautiful nature. But you've mentioned this story of Cedar Bay a few times. Now, tell the listeners uh, what Cedar Bay was all about. It was a similar experience to Tunnable. We were quite practiced by the time we finished with Tunnable and headed up, up coast, you know, finding the beautiful places and realizing these were the good places for our children to follow. These were the sacred places where our gardens, our sacred gardens would grow strong. It's been no choice, our path, but to sing songs and plant seeds. And from what I gather, it was a battle over the environment. Uh, were logging companies coming in, or what was the development aspect that caused concern amongst those who respected this forest so deeply? The government at the time, with the Quaid real estate behind them, were allowed to destroy anything they felt like. Cedar Bay was programmed to be a golf course, which is now Yapoon, because we stood our ground. And this is the challenge we send out to you, listeners. You gotta stand your ground of the inner peaceful heart. When you rest at night, you wanna know you've done your best. Right, so it, the golf course was, was aimed for Cedar Bay, which has some of the oldest rainforest. The most oldest rainforest on earth, sir. And we were children when we got there. We had no idea what a gift the nature had given us. I know now, though. Oh, my gosh. The ancient forest here is completely alive, fresh. The universal challenges that we face in so many other places has not made it this way so far. And like, I'd like to make something quite clear here. It's a place that we're not supposed to tell others about, because it is very sacred. We tell our family, our friends, the people that come here to help, 
make it a sacred place. You go many places in the world now, and every time you tell it's a popular space, it gets way too busy. National parks, in their wisdom, only want 25 people a night in Cedar Bay. I can understand. Otherwise, everybody wouldn't live there. It's a timeless place. A place full of heart, mind, nature. We can't all go there at once. It's a timeless place that waits for everybody. Well, I'm pleased it's been protected because the amount of different insects, uh, undergrowth, uh, foliage, trees, it seems like there's probably all sorts of bush remedies hiding out in this bush that uh, uh, we in the West know little of. Uh, what have been some of the, 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 the wisdom you've picked up from um, a living in the forest? The organic nature water and the power of the completely organic coconut. These two elements combined together with abundant fasting and a proper healthy state of mind clear all abnormalities in the body. It's a sacred place. You've got to go there with love. Otherwise, the jungle spits you out. The world of fasting, I hear uh, more and more people talking about it. Uh, how long should we be fasting for and, and what sort of uh, outcome can you expect? First, you should seek medical attention to see if your body's prepared for it. Then you must obtain a, a happy state of mind. And then start with baby steps. Maybe just skip a meal. You know, so others can simply live. And then maybe one day, and then slowly work it up, a week. Maybe you may fast one day a month for a year, and then slowly build it up again. Eventually we got to 30 days, no eat. And then we began 30 days, no eat, no speak. This is when the true connection came through. We were so light of body, we could outrun anybody or anything. We were living with Tarzan Flamingo at the time. A beautiful spirited man. He was paddling his canoes up to New Guinea. An amazing adventurer. He gave us so many skills. Old Harry Dick was there when we first got there. William Yale Evans. Our elder that was standing fast at the sacred site for over 40 years, waiting for us to come, knowing that the children would be sent to him. He created a sacred forest. As the steamers crashed with the cyclones along the east coast, the fruits of the world would be plastered all over Cedar Bay Beach. He gathered them and made the most amazing fruit orchard on earth. And so you lived there for years and years, protecting this land. 15 years hard labor. And so was that tree sits? What, what sort of actions did you take to protect? We were on private property. We were protected by the old man saying we can live on his land. We made an agreement with him. 
If we brought him buckets of fresh water in the dry time, we could sleep in his, his garden. It was very simple. He spoke to us that we, the children of Cedar Bay, should belong here. There was no written lease, but the spoken word all comes out. Cedar Bay the musical. We sing for it every day. Cedar Bay, the songs of Cedar Bay. The musical that lifts the hearts, that gathers strength, that gives the children of Cedar Bay the light of love, the tropical fruits, the harmonies of the river, just offshore of the two Hope Islands, dawning with the sun each day. World heritage wasn't enough. The wisdom of the people looking after the trees in Cedar Bay actually sent in crews last year to terminate the coconut trees, which gave us grief, deep grief. We would like this practice to be noted and please help us save the Australian coconut tree family. Please, it could save us all. Save the tree, save the world. Save the trees, save the world. Save a future world for your grandchildren. Please help family in any way you can. Uh, what are the benefits of the Australian coconut tree? I've never heard of it. Is this something native to the area up north? It's still not recognised in Australia to be a native. Indigenous way, we sing them as sea eggs come. Sea eggs have been coming here since the beginning of time. All over the world, within the, the 15 degrees of the equator either side, they've always floated in the ocean. Coconuts. Coconuts. Their seeds land on the shore and they start growing. We bring them ashore and, and cultivate them. We guard them. It didn't in way was to cut down the trees and take all the coconuts home and eat the whole tree. It's such a powerful food. Mm. You can imagine walking into the desert with a big nut full of salt. You were a king. That's why the trees weren't here for Captain Cook to witness. Let's really find out about the Australian coconut tree and adopt, if we have to, make our culture grow and widen and accept that in the times of the written stories of this land, many things were very abruptly changed. We need help, family. Everybody must come together as community. And you have seen this change uh, over a rich tapestry of experience. I can see through this uh, beautiful beard. Uh, all You've lived the life um, on the land and been involved, I imagine, in many uh, social movements and gatherings. Uh, what advice do you give to activists who are uh, seeing this multitude of attacks upon the commons? Uh, you know, wherever we look from the banking system through to logging, through to real estate, through to the privatization, uh, uh, corporatization of our very own DNA, there is so much hitting us at the moment. Uh, uh, I often um, wonder how we, we do avoid that burnout issue. What's your pearls of wisdom here, Pirate Rick? 
that's a pretty big ask, brother. <laughs> it is, isn't it? After all my years of protesting, the police knew me quite well. I think I was about 30 years into protesting before the commissioner of police, Mr. Kennedy or something at the time, he took me aside, away from his bodyguards and the rest of the police. He looked me fair in the eye, sir, and he said, thank you very much. You know your people will be known in 50 years' time as the legends that drove this country in the right direction. I'd really like to be standing on your side of the fence. Although, as you speak of the way people have been trained and educated, my money's already spent. And I gotta work this job. He honored us, brother. I didn't like policemen before that moment. Now I know we're both doing the same job. And for him to give me that little bit of reassurance, it was the most beautiful experience, brother. That moment healed us so much. I don't know if you'll hear us, Mr. Commissioner, but I thank you for that day. You helped me heal. One of the little gems you've thrown my way whilst we've been sitting around this beautiful fire you have uh, was uh, the, the perils, the, the challenges of living life on the road. And uh, a few weeks ago, I interviewed uh, a 92-year-old, Colin Cook, uh, about the role of the commons and how that um, developed in the UK and how sad it was that Australia doesn't really have a, a commons-based culture where the community can come together and look after sites and it's recognised by government that uh, we can all work together without the need of uh, overriding government bureaucracy to ensure that nature is preserved and resources are, are utilised amongst the people. It seems uh, as we travel that uh, uh, the cost of camping uh, keeps uh, everyone on, on a tight uh, shoestring budget where it's uh, uh, some $23 a night in a uh, national park and uh, for my family somewhere between 70 to $90 in a caravan park. So uh, uh, th there's not much room there to live outside the system in harmony with nature on the land itself. The Now Camping campaign has begun in Australia. You landholders out there that come for a run around the country for a bit of a lap, you know, you know how hard it is. Well, we're asking you people to open your front gate. Put a little sign up. You grey nomads, you want to stop here a couple of nights, come in. You know, you might have to pull a few weeds. You might have to pick up some fruit. I'm sure we can make an equality situation happen here. Australia, wake up. You have hundreds of thousands of people on the highway now with no homes at all. We are not lost children. We are not homeless. We live in the live room. We're living room children. And this must be recognized by Australia. Landholders, open your gates to your new friends coming. Please help us. The pathway to greed has come to a bull's horn. Our children, where are our children gonna go? Think about the future. How many friends can you make by letting a few elderly people rest 
on your property. It's it's starting to happen with a website called youcamp.com. There's another one called helpx.net where um, people can uh, put up a profile. These are my skills. Um, I want to come and help someone. And then hosts put up uh, what they need and both parties approach each other. And uh, it's all done via email, though, so uh, you have to be connected. God, talk about digital uh, access. That's another primary element of the commons that we've allowed to be privatised. And it really needs to be a human right that we can all access the internet so we can um, pertain this so-called perfect information that uh, is now out there. We have this ability to access uh, so much data, but only if you pay uh, to be part of the system. And so for someone like yourself, Rick, it must be hard to uh, approach a mobile phone company and uh, have an address for them to send a bill to. How, how do you overcome some of those little problems? We're dinosaurs. I've got some really good friends that support me, that give me an address to put my license at. They let me share their mailbox. And, like, I'm over 60 now, and I really don't get it together that good anymore. You know, so I really need assistance from the community. And it's been a path that the separation is, is over. We've got to combine our talents and our abilities to keep this Earthship sailing true. One of the historical aspects to the, the Georgia's economic movement that I'm interested in following up on is the role of swagmen in the the late 1800s uh, and before and, and those uh, uh, kindred spirits to yourself who would travel the land um, harvesting some of nature, sometimes a little bit cheekily, but most of the time done with some respect from what I understand, and uh, live, uh, I like that term, in the living room, outdoors. We are live children. Every plant. Every bird, every species on this planet has enough water, food, habitat. Why do we cut ourselves short? Take up your sovereign rights. Take off your clothes if you have to. And look at your sovereign suit. It's quite appealing. When you see that beautiful reflection in the mirror, be your inner strength family. It's amazing how far you're going to get with love in your heart. Deep, compassionate love. We love the police. We love the range of danger. Because we believe in them. We give them the power, we hire them. Lots of people fear them, though. The intimidation now seems to be getting very strong. It's not just a permit to collect revenue for the government. It's a right to intimidate the sovereign people. There's many, many things that change is bringing to us, family. We've got to evolve with baby steps. Love is the only course. Education is the key. Garama, respect, is the feeling inside your heart, your sovereign heart. That term sovereignty, what does it mean for a white man? Never voted. Never appreciated the Queen. Always ran naked. That's what me first fine was for. 
the sovereignty that's growing now, we are sovereign citizens, and it's always been masked before. How are these sovereign rights going to be given to the children if they're not told about them, educated with them in school? Yes, this is a big question. What are your sovereign rights to life? For Swagman, uh, I hear there are a, a handful left in Australia. I only know half a dozen. And I know more. They're dropping fast. Old Campbell, the Swaggy, he's about the most famous. I met another brother that just walked from Darwin the other day. He seemed to have his stride walked out. There's so many beautiful people on the road. After 10 years on the road, I've met hundreds of thousands of people, all with that love in their hearts, all seeking a nature's breath, realizing that their true strength is not in what they possess, but what they see, witness, experience. Yes, the path of the swaggy will come back in due time, brother. It's amazing they've made it unpopular through greed and ego. How are we to just have, what, just a swag? And walk away from it if you don't need it? We'll make another one. Ah, nothing like an old sugar bag when you really needed it. There's so many people out there, they can't make money run to the end of the month. There is so many desperate people in our planet now. Maybe walking the commons is the only way that they're gonna be given a space. We still travel the Australian stock route and find the long paddock is still open to us, although it's a hell of a long way between there and the river or the sea before we really get to understand our truth of destiny. The long paddock looked after us for many, many years. It's still a sacred site there waiting for many. I like the way they walk the horses from Melbourne to Cairns along the, the old traditional trail, the songline trails of our ancestors. Yes, people must start to learn to walk the land. Walk in the land, walk in the land, sing the land, sing the land. Yes, we must remember our true strengths. Walk in the land, walk in the land, sing the land, sing the land. Blessing it with your feet, your soul. Walk in the land, walk in the land, sing the land, sing the land. Walk in the land, walk in the land. It's your choice, sovereign citizen. We love you dearly. Thank you, beautiful listeners. See what you can do. See how your heart sings. With your two hands, you, like Jesus, God, all the other good ones, can change the world. You are the change you want to see. Be your sovereign. Deep inside our hearts, we've got this everlasting light. It's shining like the sun. It radiates through everyone. And the more that we give, the more we have to give. It's the way that we live. It's what we're living for. Be happy, family. That was Pirate Rick giving insights to a life dedicated to the preservation of our commons, of the oldest 
living rainforest on the planet, that of Cedar Bay, up near Cooktown, tropical North Queensland. My name's Carl Fitzgerald. Thanks for listening to The Renegade Economists.